Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fortress Comic News, episode 349. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my co-host, Mike. What's going on today, Mike? Hey, hey, top five show day. That's what it is, Chris. Here we are. Yeah. End of the New year. Awards. Start of a new year, end of one year, start of another. So um, our top five are the definitive best things that have happened this year That's all true. over the world. By anybody ever said so you should can, be tuning in <laughs> can we talk about something real quick have you yeah. seen that mcdonald's has a new restaurant coming out it's out it's out in uh midwest yeah cosmics and it's only drive-through only serves coffee yeah i've been i've been looking at this chris I, very bizarre <laughs> to me <laughs> they still sell some mcdonald's items there but not all of them. i don't know yeah. what's with this half arch because I don't know. It's, it's so strange. To be, to it's me. supposed to be a C, right? Oh, uh, uh, is that it? Yeah. Oh. I don't really know. Yeah, because then they use the half arch in like the sign behind it. Yeah, it's weird. I, I guess they're trying to compete with Starbucks, you know, because it couldn't get more dystopian in the future. So McDonald's would just own every type of restaurant yes mike we all know that in the future there's only gonna be taco bell just taco bell yep hell yeah what are they oh my god this is this isn't this is bougie as shit i'm looking at their menu right now but it it still has like a mcmuffin on there (laughs) there's a churro frappe that sounds good sounds like i haven't even gotten to oh oh chai tea latte there it is 900 grams of sugar oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, there's McFlurries and McMuffins. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you can't be, you can't be competing with Starbucks, and then you got, I guess, I guess Starbucks has sandwiches too. But what yeah. are McPops? I don't know. Are they cake pops? Yeah, like there's an apple cinnamon and a cookie butter McPop. Yeah, so it's got to be a cake, like the cake pops they sell at Starbucks. It's like oh. the round cake ball on a stick. You can get a charcuterie tape. Uh, Thing. No, you can't really. Yeah, it's got like cheese and fucking meats and shit on it. Just hamburger, <laughs> hamburger charcuterie, McFlurries. Oh, dude, strawberry and cookie McFlurry. The fuck is this? Yeah, I think they're gonna have exclusive stuff there. Yeah, it's a. I'm sure they're gonna be opening more of them. McDonald's is like, all right, we already make billions a day. How can we tap another market to make more billions of dollars? So all the standard soda, right? Uh-huh. They don't have Dasani. They have Smart Water because it's fancy. Because that's I'm pretty yeah. Because they sell fancy water at Starbucks. It's all to copy Starbucks, man. And then you can get Topo Chico. Okay. Sabora mint with lime. I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't know. It's yeah. It's just breakfast stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. literally a fucking Dunkin' Donuts oh Starbucks. My God. Yeah. It's crazy, right? This is fucking nuts. I don't <laughs> it's know. only drive-through. Why is it only drive? So there is a Starbucks in my town, uh huh, and I fucking hate it because it's only drive-through. Be- well, no, it's drive-through and oh, well, I'm regular, but it the people that go there, they so it literally comes off the main road. You go uh-huh. on this like side street, and like I don't know, ten feet. There's the Starbucks. Yeah. So then you turn into what is like a little plaza, which is where my gym is and like uh-huh. a bunch of other shit that I go to. And they're always like into the, the road. 
Oh man. And my feeling is when you're outside of the property of Starbucks, you move on with your fucking life. <laughs> you go on or try to go inside. <laughs> yeah. You don't like, ruin my day. Yeah. Don't so this is a, why I hate Starbucks. Don't get away, Chris, because now he hates all of you. <laughs> you ruined his yeah. day. He hates you. I'm trying to go be manly and lift heavy objects. Yeah, he wants right? to lift weights. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that with a frappuccino, although that'd be really good. Frappuccinos are delicious. Yeah, they are really good. Yeah. You know what I saw they had at Starbucks the other day? Just going to talk about Starbucks for a second. <laughs> like a caramel creme brulee flavored latte. I was like, how do they make it taste like a creme brulee? I'm like, I never had one, but I do want to try one now. So I'm a big fan of Tim Hortons. Yeah. Tim um, Hortons not bad. And they've got the Oreo um, iced cappuccino, which is what? really good. That's a thing. As, as fucking delicious. Oreo? Oreo iced cappuccino. Oh my god. Well worth your time. I do miss the uh oh what was his name? The the Bieber bits or Bieber bites. Oh. Where they were. Which From... were just like Justin Bieber making Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot Bieber had his own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Tim Biebs. That's what it was. Yeah. It was Tim, Tim Biebs. I forgot about those. But they were the most Canadian flavors. It was like maple waffle donut. Oh, that's amazing. It was, oh, dude. I'm here for that. I mean, I'm so I stopped eating that. all that stuff. But, dude, Tim yeah, Beeps come back. Yeah, Tim Beeps. Gaining all that weight out, back. Out the window. Yeah. Uh, now I'm starving, so we got to do this top five so I can eat. That's why I ate before the show. Yeah, dude. You, you did it right, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> um. So how do you want to do that this year, Chris? Do you want to do writers, media, artists, books? Let's go writers, artists, uh-huh. comics, then media. Oh, media last. All right. Let's yeah. Do it. Okay. Um, so writers. Sorry, at the artists. bottom going up, everybody. Yeah. So we always do we always do our worst to oh. our best. I was going to say, we should probably explain. So we do a top five for these top categories. For Very these basic categories. categories. Yep. Yep. We each pick five. We go mm-hmm. back and forth. Yep. And we start from five and go up to one. Yep. It's pretty simple, everybody. Pretty you simple. Should, yeah. You'll get it. Trust you me. You get it. This is our annual our <laughs> annual issue. Have you? Uh, okay. Number five for writers would be uh, Tim Sheridan for me. Okay. Uh, Not on my list. Yep. And I don't know. If, we'll see if we have a lot of crossover. But I, I think Alan Scott. I think those first couple issues are really good. I was a huge fan of him for Dial H. But I do believe that this character is a big take for him to to have a go at. And there's a lot of weight to that character. And I think he's handling it very well. Like he I when I was reading it, I was I, I saw the voice of Alan Scott to me. It was like, okay, this is this seems like the the character. And I'll say, well, not a very new change. Yeah. This is the first time in a solo book we've explored this change. Yeah. Yep. So, so he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what was your number five? Uh this this will probably be our only crossover, but mm. you you obviously have him higher. Joshua Williamson. Yep, that's my number four. <laughs> oh, okay, so we can kind of combine it. Yeah, yeah, so we can talk about it, yeah. Um, yep. So, I mean, Joshua's done a bunch of stuff. I wasn't so hot on Batman and Robin. But Night Terrors. <laughs> but Night Terrors was yeah. 
That's how you do an event book. That's how you do an event book. We talked about it, right? Yeah, those two. And he took over the Batman book for that time. And the Night Terrors Batman issues were really good. And then what he's been doing with Superman. Mm -hmm. Kind of flying under the radar. Yep. I don't see a lot of people talking about it, but I love that Superman book. Yeah, it is a good book. Yeah, it is consistently good. Yep. Yeah, so I just think... He's been doing great things for a long time. He's kind of the architect of everything happening at DC and has been for a while now, five, six years, maybe. Yep. Um, he's just been killing it. I don't know how he does it. He's he's also got um, those two G.I. Joe books coming out that mm-hmm. if, if I had more wiggle room to play with on my pull list, I would check out. Yeah. I, I just don't understand how the dude does so much work and it's so consistently good. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, anything you have to add, feel free. No, you did it. Yeah. I and I think the the whole night terrors with that was just so good. Okay. Um. So you can do your number four, I so, guess. So I guess we'll jump by number four, which is Charles Soul. Nice. Not on um, my list. We talked about Charles Soul on last week's. Podcast. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, he had that new book, uh, Bloody Dozen, which started off really good, but I don't even count that towards this. Uh. The dude did 8 Billion Genies this year, which oh, was yeah. a really good series. Yep, that was this year. I still really enjoy Undiscovered Country that he co-writes with Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he does Hell to Pay, which was a really fun series, too. Uh, the dude's putting out novels. Mm-hmm. He's got Star Wars novels. He's got personal novels going out. I, I, you can count that if you want. I mean, those are really enjoyable, too. And then he's been the main voice behind Star Wars for a right. while now. He's doing that Dark Droid series. He does the yep. main Star Wars series. Um, just every he's been putting out a lot of good to great work. He's kept me intrigued on a franchise I've been a fan of since I was a little kid. Seeing those movies with my father, I just the dude's just been great and. Outside of Star Wars, I mean his his independent stuff has just been really good and intriguing, and I just I think he's he's a really great fucking writer. Yeah. So, yeah, eight, eight billion genies is really good. Yeah. So I, I look forward to see what he has in store for next year too. I mean, he's going to start off pretty heavy with that uh, bloody dozen book. Yeah. We'll see where Star Wars goes. But yep. yeah. Uh, number three um, would go to Tom Pear this year. Uh, because of the, because of all the lovely um, Dragonfly Man stuff we got, uh, keeping that character in that universe alive, and then like going into a spinning it back into a third volume story that I'm still interested in, um, and all the stuff he's doing over at Ahoy too. But uh, yeah, that guy he writes that character so well and keeps it interesting too, and like is expanding on those characters in that universe that I didn't necessarily care about to begin with. So. Uh, yeah, just a great, great guy. I do love me some Tom Pair. We do need to talk Tom Pair again. Soon. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, my number three, actually, there's a, there's actually a pretty good chance that these are on your list too. Mm-hmm. There's actually two people, Mike. Well, these are my number two then, Chris. Is Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly? Oh hell yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. <laughs> that's yeah, your number two. That's my number two. Uh, yeah, so. We'll start with the end of the run of Captain America this year. Uh, it, I really enjoyed that run of Captain America, Katie. <laughs> and 
then they they went from that to doing Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think has been a really good book, a lot of fun, a different twist on what Guardians have been in the past. While those two books are going on, they're also doing the Batman Beyond title, which has been one of one of my joys recently is to see Batman Beyond get a resurgence. It's so good. Yeah, I agree And yeah, that. and the things they're doing with that. But I mean, the first volume was good. Really, really good. This volume is on another level. And I just I hope they keep getting more uh, moving forward. And they're then they kind of. Oh, go ahead. I just want to say they're doing everything right. <laughs> everything they touch. Is, yeah, everything they touch is gold. Yeah, it's like I'm reading an outsider's book right now. And and that was gonna be one of my next things. They we had one issue of the Thunderbolts book this year. Uh I really enjoyed that. It was a different team, but I like the premise and I do like the team. And then to get both of us enjoying an outsider's book with yeah. no cat with no Batman yep. as much as we are, yeah, is nothing short of a miracle. <laughs> yeah, but they did it. Yeah. Yep. No, I completely agree. Yeah. So that that was my number two for your number three. Um, so I guess you can just do your number two. My number two. Yeah. Uh, I can guarantee the next two aren't on your list. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Hickman. Definitely not on my list. Yes. <laughs> I don't yeah. believe you've read anything by him this year. No, definitely did not. No <laughs> X-Men for me. No, definitely not. So he didn't do X-Men. Uh, yeah. But the Gods book, uh, issue three, is coming out this week as you're all listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, actually came out last week as you're all listening to this. But anyways... Really enjoyed the, the first two issues of that. Uh, haven't gotten the third issue yet, but thought it was a really good issue. And then this, oh, honestly, it goes to Ultimate Invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he brought back the Ultimate Universe in a new way, made it interesting. That book was just so good from top to bottom. I just can't say enough good things. I am so beyond excited that he's doing Ultimate Spider-Man. Um. I've said it a million times. I I would love to visit the alternate reality where Donnie wrote Ultimate Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but his new twist on Spider-Man, creating a new Ultimate Universe for a new generation, I'm just over the moon with what he's been doing, and uh, I, I feel like he has just like a permanent spot on my writers list because he's mm-hmm. just one of my favorite writers of all time. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You're and- number one, sir. My number one, uh, for somebody who's been killing it this year, doing two crazy books back to Mark back. Wade. Mark Wade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not my number one, but not your number one. But no. I, I know. I mean, Mark Wade doesn't need the recognition. The dude's a he's a icon in the industry, but the amount of content he's doing uh, every month and the dude, the Batman Superman book, the world's finest, has been so much fun. Uh, and I can't wait to see more of that. So yeah, hats off to him. Yeah, he was he was an honorable mention for me. Um, well, t- I'll talk more about that book in a little bit. But yeah, yeah, so good. Uh, my number one should be no surprise to anybody at all. It's Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, I think he was number one last year. He's probably number one the year before that. I don't fucking care. The dude kills it. Yep, honorable mention for me, but yeah, the Batman book this year, right? Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, we can start with Batman. The Batman book's been really good. Yeah. Um, outside of that crossover that we both skipped, I just I really love that first story arc. I love where this new story arc's going. 
and he found a way for me not to care that he's like kind of shoehorning a Joker story in. Mm. I mean, we've had discussions about that in the past. I just think he's just killing on Batman. Yeah. That's like the tip of the iceberg though, Mike. His Daredevil run ended this year. Right. And it's true. one of my favorite Daredevil runs ever. Yep. Uh just once again, top to bottom. I don't think there's a bad issue in that run. Mm-hmm. Um, even the event they did in the middle of it was intriguing. So I love that. And then you throw in his independent work, Newburn. He's just he's a guy that it's hard to pin down what he is outside of just quality. Because mm-hmm. Newburn feels more like a Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips book. That's actually right. done with Sean Phillips' son as the artist. Yeah. So that's where the kind of the connection comes in. But it's a noir book that has that feel to it. And then he goes and does Public Domain, which is him writing and drawing a book about how comic book creators in the past got screwed by these mm-hmm. big companies. And I just think that's a book that anyone that loves comics and loves the history of comics should read because there's so many emotional story points in that that draw back to it's not about one specific person it's about all of them it's about mm-hmm. what they did to jack kirby it's about what they did to steve ditko and the list goes on and on and on um yeah just i'm a chip fanboy man like i don't know what to say i love his stuff and i didn't even bring up captara which i think is a really fun book too so mm-hmm. yeah he's yeah. doing great stuff yeah um top five artists now everybody uh my fifth one was elena casagrande uh because chris had mentioned that she got a break this week with blade but she has been the artist for the blade book and the action sequences the type of characters the monsters are seeing keeping that coherent and making it awesome is not an easy task. And so, yeah, just for that book alone, Elena gets the number five spot. That would have been my number six. Okay. All right. Um, yep. Yeah. Her, I love that Blade yeah. book. Yeah. So it looks great. My number five, keeping with Daredevil, is Marco Cicchetto. Okay. Yep. Uh, this, this goes out to the Daredevil book. I said it a million times throughout that series as it was coming out but Cinchetto to me is like the perfect daredevil artist and while that's kind of the main thing he did this year he's also working on the new ultimate spider-man book that we haven't seen yet but we've seen you know pre-release stuff for it and i i just think he's gonna fit very well into that as spider-man daredevil have very similar styles in terms of how they move and all that throughout the world but this goes to Daredevil. Just that book was phenomenal and his art is amazing throughout it. And cool. dude, those last few issues were Daredevil's in hell. And Chichetto has to kind of change his style a bit to fit from kind of this dark, dreary Hell's Kitchen atmosphere mm-hmm. to being literally in hell. <laughs> yeah. And uh the, like cool. we joked about it at the time because it does go through some tropes and comics, but like the redesign of his outfit to be all white and all that stuff, just loved loved his art throughout it. Yeah, that's that's awesome to go from Hell's Kitchen to literal hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a great that's a great description of like to for your art to transition like that in one series. Um, 
Number four, Inaki Murata for Godzilla Here There Be Dragons. That art is great. I tried to look at people who I thought the art was really impactful this year that I don't really know their names. Um, for sure, I did not know Inaki before this book. Uh, I think the pirate stuff is, is fantastic. The scenes where we do get to see Godzilla and like the, the fantasy behind it, I think all those drawings are very interesting to me. And how I mean, drawing the kaiju's is just awesome. So I really, I really think they're doing a great job. Very cool. I went a different route, Mike. Okay. Uh, Sean Gordon Murphy is my number four. Who's that? Um, we got. I mean, this is kind of a cheat. We got some final issues of Batman White Knight this year, so I can throw those in. Uh, that series one of my favorites he's even co-writing the generation joker book but that doesn't count towards art and uh he does that book plot holes that's coming out from massive publishing i believe it is and it's just been it's been a great book i love his style and i love what he's doing because in plot holes to be particular too mm-hmm. he's trying to do the different characters are different art styles. So like there's a manga character that he's trying to do a manga style and there's yeah, Alvin cool. Hobbs character is doing like, so he has to adjust his style a bit too. And although I love his art, he has a very, he has a direction he goes in mm-hmm. yeah. and this book has challenged it. So I got to give props to it. And uh, yeah, so he's been number four. Uh, my number three was actually a book we got um, as a uh, really cool, there's no way influenced my choice at all, but we got this as a really cool press package. Um, this is going to be Lee Bermejo for his his book, uh, A Vicious Circle. Um, that murdering time travel book, that art for that was hands down like some of the best stuff I've seen all year. Just on that one book. Yeah, I I have nothing else to say. I don't, I don't like the the way he draws characters are so realistic. And that's another one where he's not on my list. Um, yeah. That's an oversight on my part. Yeah. That book was almost on my top five comics for this year, but yeah, I, I had to drop it, but I loved how he also had changed art styles throughout it. Yeah. With the time traveling too. Yeah. Right? yeah it's so cool. So it, that's one of those things when artists do that. Yeah. And I'll talk about it more when we get up to, to my number two, but when artists do that, it's impressive to me because a lot of artists just stick to what they do. Mm-hmm. John Romita Jr., for instance, he does something really well, and that's what he does. Yep. Um, and so when guys are willing to go outside those comfort zones and do different things, it's impressive to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it should be. I'm just a dude that talks yep. on the mic on the internet. Who knows? So num- you're number three. Alessandro Capucci- Capuccio? Capuccio? Okay. Capuccio. This is ours for Moon Knight. Nice. Uh it's not a book you're reading, but I, it kind of falls in the same idea as Blade. Like it's very mm-hmm. similar in style, very action focused, almost manga inspired, and it just it works for Blade or for um sorry for Moon Knight. And mm-hmm. I like that it's very colorful, even though everything's taking place at night. Okay, and it's it gets down to the two things that Moon Knight's best known for. Moon Knight's best known for fighting vampires. And being a ripoff of Batman. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Every time you say it, I love that. And that's really, I mean, what, what they're doing is, is they're, he's 
fighting vampires at night. I mean, he's going against the vampire nation. He's going to die soon because of it. Yep. And doing it in a giant white suit in the middle of the night, basically being Batman. So like there is color that's be added to it. It's just, I think his style throughout, it's been just so good. And I, if this is another book that that alone, I think is the reason to buy it is the mm-hmm. art. And that's a rare thing in my opinion. Yep. Uh, number two for me. So uh, we talked about the new Batman Beyond uh, Neo Gothic series. The artist on that is Max Dunbar, and yeah, just the just the world he's building. You know, he's making Gotham feel like its own character. Uh, we get to see the underdark of Gotham, all the different character designs. I think it's just really cool stuff. It's very interesting. Um, that was part of the fun of the Batman Beyond is always seeing the futuristic designs of the new or existing characters so um i think max has done a great job agreed my number two sticking with batman Mm -hmm. is jorge Jimenez. that's my number one chris (laughs) (laughs) oh really yeah yeah for sure interesting i'll be interested to see what you think my number one then okay uh i kind of talk about it with um sean gordon murphy but like not only has jorge's art been phenomenal throughout this batman run and I believe he was the previous Batman artist too before Chip came on. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that. I wasn't reading it. But when he brings like these last couple issues, when he brought in, and even I think during whatever the big issue was, when they brought in the different Zuranars from different yeah. alternate yeah, realities, that, that page alone gave like gave him the top spot for me. He yeah. yeah he takes he does it in the Batman the Dark Knight style. Yeah, he all does the it in the animated the style. Yep. And then when he comes back to what he does best, he just does it so well. Right. And it's this, I don't want to call it realism. I'm so bad at describing artists. It's not even funny, but there's something about his art that just like, when I see it, I know right away that dude is talented. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, deserving of my number one spot for Batman and then Nemesis Reloaded as well. He did That's this right. Year. Yeah. So not not only Batman, not only doing the staple Batman book, but also bringing back the, a Mark Miller staple book in one year is pretty big. So uh, for sure, he deserves number one spot. And like you said, that multiverse Batman shot was alone. That's what he wins it for. <laughs> yeah. I, st- I don't think that would jump him above my number one, but bringing up that Nemesis book, because I forgot that he was the artist for that. Yeah. That book is so fucking good. It is really good. Yep. Yep. My number one uh-huh. is Dan Mora. Another good pick. Yep. I know there's so many. I mean, everybody's so talented. It's hard to pick, like, you know. Uh, yeah. What brings Dan up for me is A, like, the world's finest book has been just so good. I it love has his, been like, so good. Yeah. His not i don't want to say cartoony but it's got like an old school simplistic style to it but i don't know modern i don't know it I, like i said i can't describe artists very well he has yeah. something different from what everyone else is doing but then what makes him number one for me is some fucking how mike he's drawing two books a month yeah which is insane and i don't believe i have to look at my list for yeah, so both books I really enjoy. They're not on my top five spoilers. Yeah, right. But 
World's Finest is really good, and I just really love Shazam. And yeah. I think Shazam. So I think World's Finest, he's doing a lot of like kind of an old school style to right. fit where the time frame is. Shazam, while being a modern in modern continuity, somehow his art in that is like more involved. Mm-hmm. And like, listen, you're gonna win awards when you have a T Rex that wants to file paperwork. <laughs> like, yeah, that's just helps. what it is. It definitely helps. So I I just been impressed with not only the quality of his work but the quantity of his work when a lot of artists can't even get out 10 to 11 issues a year. Yeah. He's going to be putting out he'll probably have put out what like close to 18 this year. Oh yeah. Easily, yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's a lot. Damn more of people. Uh we're going to top 5 comic books. Um, so this book for my number five spot didn't start off so hot, but now I'm really enjoying it. Um, uh, Godzilla here, there be dragons. Uh, Godzilla book had to make my list. Frank Thierry, uh, and Naki Miranda on the art. I'm just thinking back to when we were talking about issue one and you're like, man, I wish there was Godzilla. I wish there was Godzilla. Now I'm really like, uh, now I'm like, (laughs) man, I wish I, I wish that Godzilla book came out this week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really good. Okay. Um, my number five. So this is the only one shot I have on my list. And oh, interesting. As I'm going back through all the books I bought last year, this one just stood out uh-huh. in such a weird and unique way. And that is Star Wars Return of the Jedi Max Rebo. Oh, yeah. I remember you told me that was so good. I forgot about that book. This is literally a book about the... Yeah. whatever you want to call that instrument but pian- the, pianist yeah the, in the, the band yeah. at the cantina yeah and you said it was the best book ever. <laughs> or not the cantina at jabba's palace yeah and it just had no right to be that good yeah that's so it's funny. this very deep and like emotional story about this guy's struggle and how like in that day during return of the jedi he's just like it's cool if i die here like yeah it's fucked up it's yeah i when I went back, I I just looked at the cover and I just was reminded. It came back to me, like you know, when you're dying and your whole life flashes before your eyes. That's what yeah. happened. Like this book flashed before me. I was like, "Holy shit, that book was so fucking good." That's awesome. So yeah, I just it deserved to be mentioned. Uh, my number four is Blade, Brian Hill, Elena Casagrande. I mean, dude, I Blade is one of my favorite Marvel characters. I don't read a lot of Marvel, but this is what I wanted out of a blade book. We're getting some lore. We're getting interesting creatures. Every issue, you know, blades wielding this awesome sword. He loses the sword. I think it's, uh, I think it's been a lot of fun in a book and it's getting me excited to like, see a lot more popularity with the character. Yeah. I, I please finish that movie. (laughs) Please, please. And let it be Uh, good. Yeah. Please. Please let it be good. Yep. I was actually, so I was, um, quick side story, I was in a Dollar General the other mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And uh, and just, you know, walking around, and out of the corner of my eyes, I see their Blu-ray section, uh-huh. and there's the Blade Trilogy collection right there. What the hell? The Wesley Snipes Blade movies, Amazing. Man. They're so good. They are. They're really so good. Oh, I gotta watch them now. So for my number four, talked about it a little bit already, but Public Domain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah just a good book it's a six issue series written and drawn by chip zadarsky about 
a guy who creates a character that becomes an icon, let's say a Batman esque character and him trying to get back the rights or at least get something back for his, all the hard work he put in over the years mm-hmm. and um, how his like brings his family together and all this. It's just a really great character piece story that I really loved. And I hear he's doing more cool, but uh, he's also writing Batman. So I, I think yeah. the priorities are very obvious. Yeah. He's a little busy. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's a really good book that people should check out. Uh, number three for me was uh, big game by Mark Miller. Um, I, this is like the culmination event book of all his stuff. Uh, I, it's weird. Cause I did see it got a lot of hate online by like a lot of the fans to me personally, like, like, Oh, Mark's not doing anything crazy. It was fun. It was, a, it's how you do an event. You kill off some characters, you promote some characters, use everybody you get them all involved and then you make the focus of it the kick-ass characters which is my like one of my one of my first reads in comics like getting into that series so i think it was great to see mark become like this big um superhero at the end like he deserves i it was just whole all around great has time travel action all the things you want and i'll i mean it was such a such a fun ride i'll talk more about that later okay Uh my number three was uh, Seven Years in Darkness. Interesting. Um, I didn't talk about this much on the show because no. there was a Diamond issue with it where Diamond didn't ship out one of the issues. Oh, okay. And I had to find it. And I actually got in contact with a publisher to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is published by a small company called CEX. Okay. And um, shoot, I should have had this at hand. But it's written by a guy that I know we've had on the show. Mm-hmm. And I believe you're a fan of. Oh. Yeah, because I haven't, um, I haven't checked this book out. Joseph Schmulke. Okay. Who yep. did that um, book at Scout, uh, Electric Black, I think it was. Yeah, the Electric Black. Yep. Yeah. So this is the first volume of a, what he wants to be a seven volume set. And it's the easy premise here is it's a dark twist of Harry Potter. Like these kids who were born into these families are brought to the school of magic, but it's like a evil magic and like kids die along the way. And Hmm. it's a lot of the black arts and stuff. It just, Everything about it, it gave it gave me those Harry Potter vibes that I mm-hmm. fell in love with all those years ago Yep, in a different way. And I hope that he gets to do it for seven years because his yeah. plan is to do a series every year for seven years and continue with it because I just I really, really enjoyed the book. Cool. It's yeah. Small publisher. I believe they're doing like a big one shot with all the issues in it mm-hmm. here soon. And then I don't know how they're going to do trades, but I know there's like a annual sized issue coming out that has every issue in it. Cool. That's like 10 bucks. So if you can find it, you can get the whole first volume for 10 bucks um, right there. That's steel. It's a great nice. book. Nice. Um, my number two, Chris was uh, night terrors by Williamson and Giuseppe Camacoli and the art. Awesome event book. 
all the side stories we got of each of the heroes and their own nightmares. Um, the characters involved, Dead Man as Batman. I thought this was just like the event book of the year. Uh, this is what event books should be fun and like crazy, insane twists on like characters and team team ups that you know. So um, I think we got a lot of interesting character involvement and uh, like the whole part where they resurrect Sandman with the Lazar uh, Lazarus uh, pills and stuff like that. Yeah, it was just a it was just a great uh, culmination of a lot of different stuff that Williamson was putting together and some awesome characters and creepy, creepy monsters that are like nightmares. So I loved it. Definitely. I love that book too. Not on my list though, Mike. Damn. Cause my number two. Yep. Is ultimate invasion. Oh yeah. There you go. Talked about Hickman earlier. Brian yeah. Hickman, the art. Can't beat it. It's dude. It's, I don't know. It's it's a tough book to recommend just to anybody because right. if you don't know who the maker is, you're out right away. Like, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Uh, but as somebody that's kind of accidentally followed the maker's journey ever since he left, um, since they blew up the Ultimate Universe originally, and he's just kind of popped up in all the books I've been reading. And uh, this is why I keep saying, like, in Ultimate Universe, this would be Donnie Kate's book because Donnie was setting up the maker through venom and through um, even parts of Hulk and other things he was doing for all these years. And then the accident happened. Life happened the way it is. And Hickman got to do it and just nailed it. Um, Hickman. I, so like I said with that, this was supposed to be Donnie's book. So I feel like Hickman kind of, I don't want to say that he scrambled at the last minute to put the pieces together, mm -hmm. but when you read this, he's, taking things that he's done over the years. And that first issue really was like another of many culminations of his career at Marvel where like the makers taking all this stuff from different books that he's to do. And you bring in the Illuminati and you bring in the Avengers and then yep. like, he brings in Krakoa and just uses that to literally teleport the maker into a new universe that is now his to control. Um, and I like that, like, there's a lot of changes from the original Ultimate Universe, but there's a lot of things that are similar. And this this book for anyone that's a as much of a Marvel fan as I am or more is a must read. It's while I agree with you that I think that Night Terrors is the pinnacle of event books this year. Mm -hmm. Um, it. And I would like to see more books like Night Terrors and at both Marvel and DC. And I think DC yeah. has been killing it with this style recently. Mm -hmm. This is what I love about Marvel currently is that their events tend to be less big bombastic and more specific. Mm -hmm. And that's good and bad because yeah. I can't recommend Ultimate Invasion to you. Right. But for me, it was good. It hits yep. a different way. Cool. So. My number one is uh, Batman Neo-Gothic by Lanzig, Kelly, and Dunbar of the Art. Uh, these guys have like ignited a new love for Batman Beyond for me, where I was like, I wasn't watching the old cartoons that much on repeat and stuff, but it got me to do it again. Uh, this Neo-Gothic storyline where we get Court of Owls involved, we get... Uh, um, all the underground Gotham, this magic storytelling with like old Constantine being around and 
and then what's happening on the surface with some of these characters they've created already. I think it's just like, I can't wait to just read. I can't re wait to read that Batman beyond book, whatever it comes out every month. It's just such a, a fun ride for sure. And getting like swamp thing involved and poison Ivy now is just awesome. That's good to hear. And while it's different. Yeah. Now that you're more into Batman beyond. Yeah. I would love for you to read the new 52 Batman beyond. Yeah. It's I'm way sure. different. Yeah. But it kind of flows better into from the cartoon. Okay. Where we get to see like ink pop up and um yeah and all the other characters. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I'd be interested to see what you think of that series. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check it out now. Well, I spoiled it already. My number one's yeah. big game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's a good book. Everything Mike said. I mean, for me in particular, I'm not the hardcore Millar fan that Mike right, is. Right. And I still love this book. He did an amazing job of bringing in people who are just like casual readers of his. It might be tough if you've never read a Millar book to care about this book. But if you're like me and you pick up the occasional one that seems interesting to you, it'll work. And it'll probably do what you did, what it did for me, which is to make me interest. Like I'm going to pick up, I'm waiting until dark horse, releases them now because I, i'm a crazy person and i have to have the same logo on every issue or on every trade but i'm going to pick up magic order and check it out now because of this book mm -hmm. and yeah. much like you while i read millar's stuff at marvel for a little like a little bit here and there my introduction to millar was kick-ass and that series and for that full circle to come at the end of the series just hit so well yeah it was great it was um, a great send off and then he, he even we, we talked about it in depth but like i can't get over that lat the epilogue where like they go into the reborn world yeah yeah we're like where's reborn been this whole time he's like oh here it is because for me i was like reborn's not gonna be in this it's a different thing it has right. nothing to do with what's going on here and he yeah. finds a way to yeah, yeah awesome. and that's my favorite millar book yeah hands down so yeah. that was awesome yeah. that was a great that was a great way to end it big game to me is Everyone out there, it's tough to do this book at Marvel and DC, but if you're going to do your own universe, yep. look at this, realize what he did, which was to create really good books for a long time and do something special. And hopefully he's rewarded financially for it and this book sold really well because yeah, it deserved to be that way. I think so. Yeah. All right, now we're on to the top five multimedia category, which for me was all movies this year. Um not so much TV shows or gaming. Yeah, not for me. Okay. Well, my, my number five, um, as far as like, I mean, all the other ones aren't really comic book related, I guess, but this one is probably the most comic book related would be Guardians of Galaxy 3. Um, pr probably my, I, I mean, just for the send off to those characters, um, really loved it. The characters involved. Uh, the origin to to Rocket and things like that. It was just a, a great way to wrap up the series. And, you know, James Gunn just, like, put those characters, well, unless we see him again, but give him a send-off. You know what? I'm, I'm going to do a... We're doing an Audible. Yeah. Here. Because uh, I forgot that movie came out this year. Yeah, dude. I had to look it up. This is what that I is, always forget. Yeah. That is gonna. That is my number four. Okay. That's your number four. Yes. Right. Okay, um, I did an Audible. <laughs> Yeah, an audible. Because I can't make it my number five, and you'll see why when I tell you my number five. Yeah. But um Yeah, that, that, that movie was great. Everything you said. Like 
just so good. And it just it reminded me that the MCU can still be great. Like, yeah, I think the MCU has been good. And Loki did the same thing, um, which will get an honorable mention from me later. But it's it just reminded me that like this can yeah. still be something. Great. Yeah, like James Gunn's like, no, it's still here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that reminds. We just need to refocus and like go back to why this was great to begin yes. with. Um. So I guess real quick, I'll do my. So that was my number five. Four. Yeah, so you're number five. So my number five is Ant Man Quantumanium. I forgot that came out this year. <laughs> and that's why it's that's why Guardians is my number four because I could yeah. not put Ant Man above Guardians. Yeah, no way. Yeah. <laughs> um I know Ant Man's flawed. I know that people have their issues with it. But Modoc. I know <laughs> I know it's formulaic. I got to see Mordok's ass cheeks, guy. Yeah. Like just yeah, give it to me. Gives Plus, you a spot. <laughs> I I will believe to the end of my days that this movie was originally written to be a ROM and the Micronauts movie. Everything about like it very obviously is a Micronauts movie. And mm-hmm. somebody said, we don't have the rights to that. And they had to change it. There's a character in there that to me seems very obvious. They were trying to hint towards ROM. So there's hints of that in there too, that pulls at my um, fandom but I did think at the end of the day, it's just a fun popcorn movie. Is it the greatest? No, it's just a good time. And I'll throw out there. I have yet to see Godzilla uh, minus one. I have yet to finish Spider-Man two for PlayStation five. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff that I haven't gotten to. So maybe this would jump back if I didn't have, if I had played and seen these things, mm-hmm. but the joy I got leaving that movie just seeing a character that I truly believed at one point he would never be in a live action movie. Oh yeah, for sure. You'd have nobody. Yeah. Nobody expected that. Yeah. So yeah. And to be done fairly right. Like he's not perfect, but he's fairly right. right. Pretty good. Um, yeah. Just, it had to be mentioned. Um, yeah. I mean, alongside that, I didn't see the new, I haven't seen the new into the spider verse movie. I haven't seen teenage mutant Ninja turtles. So I'm, I'm, there's some stuff I haven't seen. There's some stuff I have seen, but, uh, my number four is going to be horror related. Cause I love horror, but, uh, talk to me was the low budget horror flick that came out this year. Um, it's really, it's very, uh, there's a very good plot to it. It's, um, it really the characters are very well done as to like oh yeah like high school kids would probably just behave like this um it's terrifying and they don't do a lot to make it terrifying uh the characters are just so good at acting possessed uh and just like the moments that make you cringe like oh my god the situation is awful and then the end the way it ends where like the character is like in the position of like you knew you can almost see how it's going to come full circle and then end where it began almost and be like, oh shit, this can happen again. So no, it was just a fantastic movie. So originally I had two non comic book things on my list, uh-huh. but you had to bring up guardians. So yep. sorry, <laughs> this is my that. only non comic book thing on my list. Yeah. And this is, so my number three is really a lifetime achievement award because I discovered it this year. Okay. And I got to experience the entirety of it all at once. Uh-huh. And it's Ted Lasso season three. Oh, dude. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
the dude the emotional roller coaster of this the show. I forgot that came out. Yeah, it is really good. And I mean, I like you said you forgot about it, but yeah. when you think back to when that was coming out, yeah, and how I was talking about it every week because yeah. I was so enthralled with it. Those characters are so perfect the way they wrote them. Yeah, and I'm just I'm I'm at the it's one of the few times. Cause I'm, I'm very much different from a lot of people out there where like, there's a lot of people that f- fight for the idea of like, leave things alone. Right. And don't franchise them. Yeah. And I'm a comic fan. So I'm like, no, franchise the fuck yeah, out of yeah, it. Like, give me it, more. Make, yeah. Give me more. I don't want to ever see Ted Lasso again. Yeah. I don't want uh, any more. Yeah, you don't need any more. Yep. Um, this needs to be left alone in a lot of ways. As much as I did love his supporting cast and would be fine with, a, a season off. four yeah. at the time I would have been fine with a season four that like went into the next to the supporting cast, continuing the legacy. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. I just, I rewatched it since and I just feel like it, it is so perfect the way it is. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with that. Yeah. It's so good. I wish it was on my list now. <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't say enough good things. And it's one of those, one of those things I've talked about a few of them this year. We talked about Death Note and a few other yeah. things that are mm-hmm. older um, that people talk highly about. And you're like, it can't be that good. Yeah, it is. Everybody it like is it le- yeah. lived up to every expectation people gave. It is very good. It's one of the and best that's shows. rare things. One of the best shows of all time, I think. Yeah. Uh, my number three, Chris, John Wick four. Um, you know how much of a fan I am with John Wick, and I'm an even bigger fan of Donnie Yen. So. When you put Johnny Yen in a John Wick film and make it like three hours, oh hell yeah! Uh, the guy introduced... from Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, hasn't been in anything else. Uh, the action sequences, his Donnie's character, the other characters they introduce. I, I'll watch a hundred John Wick movies. I mean, they could just keep doing them. I don't know if Keanu Reeves wants to keep doing them, but I for sure uh, love love that series. And yeah, I'm here for it. And Donnie Yen, I'm such a huge fan, so it was like a dream come true. I can confirm that the first movie is really good. Yeah. You got to watch the rest of them. <laughs> oh, you're number two. Speaking of star Wars. Oh um, yeah. Star Wars, Ahsoka season one. Nice. Very good. It had to be mentioned. I mean, yeah. Ahsoka, my favorite star Wars character of all time. Yep. Um, leading out of events from cartoons. I've been watching for God knows how long. Um, characters from Rebels that I just love and adore. I think this show, it. what fascinates me about the show is that I love it to death because of all the time I spent with these characters and the emotional payoffs we get throughout the series and the ones that are promised to come. And then someone like yourself and a lot of people I know who also really love this series but don't have that same connection and somehow it works. And I'm not sure how it works, but it's just masterful storytelling is how it works. And Dave Filoni has earned a spot on top of Lucasfilms because of it. Oh, yeah. And and deserves it. So, yeah, I I loved it. That's awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, too, even though I never I haven't finished Rebels yet. Uh, Number two for me, Chris, Evil Dead Rise. Uh, A movie that I almost forgot came out this year. Um, 
but I went with a friend who had a baby the next day. So that's how I remember. Cause I'm like, wait, the baby's not a year old yet. So, um, uh, <laughs> I'm like, so it had to be this year. Uh, yeah. So everything I love about the evil dead franchise, it builds out of the lore being, you know, they talk about the three separate books, uh, back in army of darkness that they bring back for this movie. That one book just happens to be an apartment complex, a different environment that we're not used to. It adds the cheesiness and the grotesque and the like, ridiculousness of the original franchise um does it so well i loved it every every minute of that movie was just awesome and the the fight scene at the end where like they they set it up and you knew it was going to happen you're like oh man this is going to be the situation they're going to be in it's it's awesome it was just they're trapped in an apartment building fighting evil dead and the ridiculous like camera shaking head shaking with the deadites are chasing them it's it's awesome it was such a wild ride who directed that uh good question i'm gonna look that up while you tell me about your number one because <laughs> yeah well, when you're talking about it, i was like was that the remake it's like no that was the sequel yeah, yeah. well it kind of a i don't know it's just like within the universe right i don't know if it's like a yeah. sequel but well yeah not a sequel in the sense yeah. that like bruce campbell's story continues but it's a sequel yeah. in the sense that it expands the universe um and that directed by uh, Lee Lee Cronin and written by Lee Cronin. Uh, Lee Cronin has done a lot of uh, stuff that I've never heard of. So oh, a lot of short films. So and done like a and done a couple looks like a couple horror movies, but nothing nothing as big as Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, really good. My number one. You already mentioned that you didn't see it yet. So. Yeah. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Ah, okay. I've heard it's really good. <laughs> it is, Mike. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, talking about characters I love and adore, uh, Miles's ascension in media has been phenomenal to watch. I was there for issue one. Um, and this movie just is... It's funny... So it's funny behind the scenes seeing all the stories about like how tortured it was, because in my opinion, this is evidence of just masterful storytelling from yeah. start to finish. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it almost came together by accident from some of the stories you read. Right. But I mean, it just continues the first movie on you get miles and, and Gwen and Gwen, a character I don't really care for, but she comes off really well here. I love Spider-Punk. I mean, anything punk rock, you're going to get me in on. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Spider-Man 29.9 with um, Oscar Isaac voicing that character is great. The cameos throughout it are phenomenal. The art direction throughout this is just stunning. Like, there is no other... I know a lot of people want to compare that TMNT movie to it. Yeah. And I wasn't so high on that TNT movie as a whole. But listen, the styles do not compare. What they do in Spider-Verse is unique to Spider-Verse. Nobody else is doing what they're doing. Yeah. And then for the story to be the Dark Knight Returns, or sorry, um, Jesus, <laughs> um, the Empire Strikes Back yeah. style ending and how this story is going to move forward is just another call at something that's um, probably my top ever list. Um, Yeah, if you haven't seen these movies they're just first masterful man yeah and it's it's proof that sometimes so 
I talk a lot about the MCU and we talk a lot about like what James Gunn's doing with the DCU mm-hmm. and how I believe that that needs a steady hand to keep things moving and almost a corporate structure to make sure that we're all moving in the same direction. And this is evidence that a big IP like that in the opposite direction, we're like Sony kind of was like, you want to do like your stupid little like cartoon movie, go ahead. Here's a few million dollars. Like go over there. Right. And nobody was paying attention and they made these masterpieces. Both yeah. of them. Yeah. It's proof that both ways can work. And uh, yeah, I just, yeah. Go see Across the Spider-Verse if you haven't seen it. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, my number one, Chris, was Godzilla minus one. Uh, easily. I mean, one of my favorite Godzilla movies of all time, I already talked about on the show, but uh, they use science to try to defeat Godzilla the it's not as high budget as some of these but the effects are amazing some of those shots are are really cool the characters are amazing the history where of its ties to japan i saw some people like were like well it's kind of like a you know uh this is a great godzilla movie because it's not pushing its like political agenda down your throat i'm like no literally in a scene in there where they say like the country of japan is like killing its people so it is very political (laughs) Uh, so I will say that, but it's not like overly political. It's just like how that situation affects the characters. Like, oh, why would I fight for my country or become a kamikaze pilot when like they're not taking care of us? You know, they can't even feed us and things like that. So um, not everybody. Something I say a lot, which is I don't think people people don't want. People mistaken the politics thing where it's, people want politics in their in their media. Yeah, they just want it done smartly. Right. Dude, Dawn of the Dead is a very political movie. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, but go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but no, it's, I, yeah. I feel like it might be easily, like, you can easily get carried away with trying to push your own view exactly. where it's like, this is literally not changing because Godzilla's here. This is the state of Japan and the world war and what the civilian and what the people living there were going through. And that's why Godzilla was created. Like, this is like what it felt like. Like, it felt like there was this giant monster crushing through the country that they could not stop the people, you know, try as they might could not stop it. So, um, fantastic movie. I 10 out of 10 for me. So I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. Um, I, I did have some quick, like honorable mentions. So when you brought up, uh, guardians, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That kicked out Oppenheimer from my list. Okay. Which I did not see yet. Yeah. Which kind of the opposite direction of Godzilla where it's the American version yeah, of like the bombing, right? But just a masterful movie from start to finish. It's just, I don't know. It's in a, it's not in my like wheelhouse. My wheelhouse is like punchy, punchy superhero stuff. Yeah, and I understand that, but like, it's hard to deny how great that movie is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, to go along with Ahsoka, Mando season three was this year. Yep, and it was a really good season. And then I throw it out there. I was up and down with it. Um, but Last of Us season one came out this year. Oh man, I forgot about that. Yeah, and it's just uh, so much stuff came out this year. It's I, I I stand by. I think Last of Us as an IP is one of the most overrated video game IPs ever. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means the people who love it just like have to vomit in your face how good it is. And it for for me takes a little bit away from how good it is. And um, the show was kind of the same. We're like. I thought the show was really good. Yeah. Um, 
and did a lot of good things. And yeah, people should go watch that too. But yeah, so Very I just good. want to mention those things. I forgot it even came out. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good year, man. Because like I said, yeah. dude, who from what I've heard, because I, I just started playing Spider Man Two. Yeah. Um, from what I heard, that'd probably be on my list if I if I played through it. Yeah. Wow. Um, everything I've heard about Godzilla probably be on my list if I'd played or if I'd watched and it. I even forgot like Super Mario came out this year. So much shit came out. I remember Super Mario, but it was yeah. a, it's a really fun movie, but it didn't come near my list. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it. We we talked through our top fives, and uh, you know, uh, I would just wish everybody a happy New Year and a holiday season. Yeah, hopefully coming, coming back strong in twenty twenty four with Fortress of Comic News. Hopefully, uh, everyone out there, Batman and Santa, were able to defeat Krampus. Yes. Yep. And hopefully, you got your presents. Yeah, I hope. So. I hope so. So, um, yeah, just glad to be here for another year, everybody. So, thanks. So, Mike, uh, before we leave, last shout out of the year, where people find you on the internet? Find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. If it's not here next year, we'll figure it out. Where can they find you and or the show? Find me at Fortress Chris on whatever social media platform you choose. I'm probably there. Unless it's TikTok, as we talked about in last episode. Yeah, I'm not there, but <laughs> still not there. Uh, maybe that could be my New Year's resolution. Probably there you not. Go. Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow the show, it's Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter. Also, FortressComicNews dot com. Uh, you know how to support the show. Go do that. Have a happy New Year, everybody. We'll see y'all here next year, next week. Next week. <laughs>